Go ahead and be seated. Thank you for, it's such a, a neat thing to be able to sit back and, and listen to folks worship. So many times when I'm, I'm here, I'm either upstairs or running around in other locations trying to take care of things. I don't always get to hear everybody worship. So it's a neat thing to be able to sit down. I kind of envy Lash getting to, uh, to be able to sit down here and hear the worship that goes on on a regular basis. If you would, take your copy of Scripture and go to Daniel chapter 3. If you're having a hard time finding it, go to Hosea and turn left. I always find it interesting on Wednesday nights when I have the students and we start talking about going to places in Scripture that, um, you know, we've gotten away from doing Bible drill. And so nowadays, a lot of times when you tell folks to go to a certain passage, first thing they do is they go to the index to figure out where it's at as opposed to... How many, how many folks actually did Bible drill growing up? Wow, there are a few of us. One of the churches where I was at, we used to um, have a competition between the children in Bible drill and the staff members. The problem was, is I'd memorized everything I had in King James, and they were doing everything in NIV. And so it made it a little tough for me to try to quote scriptures. But if you would join me in Daniel chapter 3, starting with verse 1, we're going to look at three guys today and dealing with when culture changes. So if you'll join me as we read together. Starting with verse 1, King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue. 90 feet high and 9 feet wide. He set it up on the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. King Nebuchadnezzar sent word to, the, to assemble the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces to attend the dedication of the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. So the, the satraps, prefects, governors, advisors, treasurers, judges, magistrates, and all the rulers of the provinces assembled for the dedication of the statue the king had set up. Then they stood before the statue Nebuchadnezzar had set up. The herald loudly proclaimed, People of every nation and language, you are commanded, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music, you are to fall down and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. But whoever does not fall down and worship will immediately be thrown into a furnace of blazing fire. Therefore, when all the people heard the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, and every kind of music... People of every nation and language fell down and worshipped the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Starting verse 8. Some Chaldeans took this occasion to come forward and maliciously accuse the Jews. They said to King Nebuchadnezzar, May the king live forever. as the ki- You as king have issued a decree that everyone who hears the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music must fall down and worship the gold statue. Whoever does not fall down and worship will be thrown into a fi- furnace of blazing fire. There are some Jews you have appointed to manage the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. These men have ignored you, the king. They do not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Then in a furious rage, Nebuchadnezzar gave order to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So these men were brought before the king. Nebuchadnezzar asked them, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, is it true that you don't serve my gods or worship the gold statue I have set up? Now, if you're ready, when you hear the sound of the horn, flute, zither, lyre, harp, drum, and every kind of music, fall down and worship the statue I made. But if you don't worship it, you will immediately be thrown into the furnace of blazing fire. And who is the God who can rescue you from my my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied to the king, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to give you an answer to this question. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire, and he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But even if he does not rescue us, 
We want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue that you set up. Let's stop right there. Would you pray with me? Fathers, we look into your word today. I just pray that you would speak to our hearts. God, just show us how alive your word truly is. Father, we want to hear from you today. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. We'll continue on a little bit more of the story here in just a minute, but, but let, me, let me point a couple of things out to you. You may know this. Culture changes, doesn't it? Okay, I'm, I'm used to students, and when you ask a question, even if it's a rhetorical question, they give you answers. In fact, I ask a question Wednesday night, and somebody says, is that one rhetorical? Because nobody said anything. So, do you agree that culture is changing? Now, there are three things that I have learned for sure. One, culture will change. Two, we will react one way or another. And number three, our reaction speaks to who we are and what we believe. Now think about culture. Think about the culture change that we have experienced. How many folks remember the blue laws? Teenagers are going, I remember I can so remember because there were only certain things that you could do on Sundays. You could not buy things on Sundays. If you wanted to go out to eat, you had to find the certain restaurants that were open. You couldn't buy gas. In fact, Trish talks about when she was at Mary Harden Baylor as a student, they still maintained not having class on Mondays because you couldn't buy gas on Sunday to be able to get back to school in time to be in class on Monday. So they didn't have class on Monday. I can remember my dad looking at me and saying, hey, go fill your, mother, your mother's car up on Saturday so we'd have enough gas to do to church and back and whatever else we needed to on Sunday because we couldn't do that. There were certain places in the stores that you could not buy certain items because it was a blue law. Culture has changed. How many folks remember the day when Sundays and Wednesday nights were considered sacred? I can remember those days. I can remember those days. Nothing was planned on Sundays. And we even had church on Sunday nights. And they didn't plan anything on those days. Nowadays, we have Little League Baseball that's taking place on Wednesdays because it's, it's, Wednesdays used to be set aside for church. Now, we even have tournaments that are going on on Sundays. And it's like I sit back and go, wow, culture has changed. Culture has changed. But let me ask you this question. Is a change in culture always a bad thing? If culture hadn't changed, guess what? We would be sitting in a building with no air conditioning, no padded pews, and most folks would be going, mm, might not want to do that. Do you enjoy the cushions? Do you enjoy the air conditioning? Do you enjoy the closed-up building so we don't have mosquitoes flying in and out on a regular basis? I mean, so some, some culture change is not bad. But how do we respond to culture change? Let's look at this. We had three guys that were in this story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, if you go back into the earlier parts of the book of Daniel, you find out who these guys are. They are friends with Daniel. Daniel was brought before the king. This group of guys were brought before the king, and they determined a, a diet. And Daniel and these three guys decided, we're going to do it this way. And the king went, wow, I like this. And I see the difference here. And so he actually, upon Daniel's request, after Daniel interpreted a dream for the king, 
upon the king's request, he sets Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego up to help rule part of Babylon. And so these guys had already found favor in the king's eyes. And so they're setting this up. And if you notice, Nebuchadnezzar had already talked to Daniel and told him, your God is the God of gods. And then all of a sudden we move to chapter 3, and Nebuchadnezzar decides to set up this statue. Now, get this picture in your mind. It talks about it's 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. Wednesday night, Tiny came over to the Edge building while we were having service to make an announcement. And I was standing on the stage, and Tiny starts to walk up, and I said, you can stay down there because you're nearly as tall as I am, and you're on the ground. So I think about that with Tiny. And I'm going, if I'm on the ground and he's up here, that's even huger than than that. I'm a short guy. Well, I'm not short. I'm vertically challenged. But I think about this and I go, wow, that's a huge statue. That's not something you just do on a whim. That's something that takes some time to put together. Think about how culture, our culture, has changed. And it's not changed that quickly. It's something that's taken some time to get things ready. Now these three guys. They know what the law is. And the king sets down an edict. When you hear all these instruments play. You fall down and worship me. And you fall down and worship the idol. And these three guys didn't. But yet scripture says. It brought, they brought all the people together. All the leaders. To do this. Now did they know what the edict was? Probably so. But they chose not to. And all of a sudden, somebody comes up and says, King, guess what? There's these guys that aren't doing what you said. Do you think these guys would have been noticed if somebody hadn't pointed it out? I don't know. But the story says that they were pointed out. And so that King Nebuchadnezzar comes and brings them in front of him and says, Okay, guys, you know what the rule is. I'm going to give you the chance to do it. You get the chance to follow. So here you go. And what did the three boys reply? Ain't going to do it. To paraphrase it, to put it in Texas terms, ain't happening. Ain't going there. Maybe somebody else, but not me. But they didn't just say, we're not doing it. Their response was what was so amazing. They said... We don't need to give you an answer to this question. If the God we serve exists, then he can rescue us from the furnace of blazing fire. And he can rescue us from the power of you, the king. But if he does not rescue us, we want you as king to know that we will not serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Culture changes and look at their response. Look at the life of Jesus for a minute. Did culture change while Jesus was alive? There was some culture change. What was Jesus' response? I'm about my father's business. I know what I should be doing. Jesus had the opportunity to turn around and say, Yeah, I'll be your military leader. I'll be the king you're looking for. But that was not God's plan. So he continued on with what God had chosen for him to do. Ultimately, it cost Jesus his life on the cross. But praise God, he was buried in that tomb. He came out of that tomb. That tomb is empty. 
and he's sitting at the right hand of God. So excited about that part of it. But look at Jesus' response. Going to do what God has told me to do. Now, as culture is changing for us, how are we going to respond? Is anybody in here uncomfortable with any of the changes that are going on in culture right now? There are so many times that I hear something on the news that I sit back and go, Thank you, God, that you provided me a place that I can be full-time and I don't have to be teaching in a public school somewhere. I pray for my public school teachers. I know what you're going through. I understand. Then I stop and I say, God, you provided me a way that I am not having to directly deal with that, which I'm very grateful for. I have a daughter that has to deal with it. But how are we going to respond to these changes that are going on in culture? How are we going to respond? I heard a quote that went something like this. I tried to find the exact quote and I could not pull it up, but it went something like this. What our grandparents resisted, our parents tolerated, and now it is accepted and by some even encouraged and embraced. Think about that for a minute. What our grandparents resisted. This is wrong, ain't doing it. Mm -mm. My grandmother, my dad's mom, oh, there were some things... I think about her and the, 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 what we used to say, she is so rigid. She was like, uh-uh. My parents tolerated. I'm not going to be a part of it. It's okay. Nowadays, I start to look at it and go, it's almost being accepted. And for some folks, they're embracing it and encouraging it. And I'm like, really? Have we gotten that far away? from what we know to be right and wrong. Culture has changed. And was it an overnight change? I look at some of the things that we're dealing with, and they're not overnight changes. They've been coming along, and we're going, "Uh, uh, okay, I'll let you do that. Okay, I'll let you do that. I'll let you do that. It kind of reminds me of the story about the frog in the pot of water. You may have heard this story before. If you take take a pot and put boiling water in it, and you drop a frog in it, the frog will jump out. Because he can't stand the hot water. But if you take the same frog and put him in a cool pot of water and slowly heat it to boiling, the frog will die. Think about our culture and what's happening. The heat's been slowly turned up and we've just gotten acclimated to it and it's okay. Think of the changes in your lifetime In culture, okay, do this. Think of the changes in the last five years in culture. What is going to be our response to that? But here's one thing I want you to realize. Consistency. Consistency. Makes a huge difference. Look at the guys in the story. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were consistent. They had started out with Daniel. What they said when they were with Daniel, what they lived with Daniel, they are still living today. Our God will deliver us from this. And if he chooses not to, that's okay. 
we still will not bow down to the will of the king because it's against what God says. They worked for the king. Now, you know how the story ends, right? They're thrown into the furnace. In fact, when you get back through and read it, the guys that they used to tie up Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when they got to the furnace to throw them in, the fire was so hot, they died. To me, if I'm watching that story, I'm thinking, okay, that would have been a little bit of a, of a foreshadowing. If the guys that are throwing them in die and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are still okay, something's got to be going on there. So we find out that they, they end up living because King Nebuchadnezzar looks in and says, Did we not throw three men into the fire? But yet I see four. And one has the image of the Son of God. So all of a sudden, Nebuchadnezzar is going, hey, these guys are resisting change. The culture is changing, but their response is this. Hmm. Maybe I need to look at something. Could very well be. You know that change in culture is going to be inevitable, right? Can we pretty much accept that one? Change is, 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 is inevitable. Change to our culture is going to be inevitable. Some change is good, some change is bad. But how are we going to respond to the change? So there is some consistency. Culture is going to change. That's going to be pretty well consistent. But what about the other consistency that we need to have within our lives? If we don't have a consistency with Jesus Christ, culture is going to send us any direction we want, any direction it wants to go, right? So think about that. Without the consistency of Jesus Christ... Culture change moves us to wherever we want to be. Have you ever seen those folks that get on the bandwagon? Oh, hey, this is going on. Let's cheer. The, oh, hey, let's go cheer this one. Oh, well, let's change on this one. They're not real consistent in what they do. You probably know some of those folks. Whatever the latest, greatest thing is, they're going to back it and support it. I have friends that do, that do some of the, the multi-level marketing and I have seen some folks go through seven or eight or nine different companies because, oh, well, this one's better. 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 That's like there's no consistency. It's kind of like exercise programs. How many folks are on Facebook? Do you ever see those little things that pop up about the, if you'll do this exercise, you'll get rid of your, 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 uh, your love handles. This exercise will give you rock hard abs in five days. You know, I'm thinking, yeah. And, and as I was going through one day and I was looking, there is no consistency. I could probably do about 35 different exercises to try to take care of, you know, middle-aged spread there. If I were consistent with doing one of them, I'd be okay. Instead of going to, this is the latest fad, this is the latest fad, this is the latest fad. If we stay consistent with what God has put forth in front of us, that consistency is going to make a difference. Now, one thing else that's also consistent, culture cannot change who Jesus Christ is. Think about that one. Culture cannot change who Jesus Christ is. That constant has been there forever. It's been there forever. No matter what culture does, Scripture says Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
So as I stop and I think about culture change, I think about the guys back in, in, in Babylon, and I stop and look at that and go, wow, their culture changed. They were plucked out of their homeland, brought somewhere else, dropped there. You hear what Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego went through. Then you hear what these guys have gone through. They're setting up statues. They're doing this. These guys had some pretty, pretty rough culture change. But what was consistent? Their belief and following of what God has told them to do. Jesus Christ will not change. Now you realize, and I don't know how far off this will be, culture may get to the point that what we're doing right here may be considered illegal. It is in many places. What we're doing right here, worshiping together, could be outlawed. Put this in the back of your mind and start thinking about it. If we get to that point, what's your response? About 15 years ago, I read a story about some folks in China when being a Christian in China was still illegal. And they would have the underground church. And they would have runners that would go from house to house to tell where church was going to be that day. But they knew, those runners knew, if they were caught, they would be executed on the spot. There was a waiting list to be a runner. Culture had changed. Culture did not change what these Christians wanted to do to be able to meet together, to worship together. If our culture changes to where what we're doing becomes illegal... What is going to be our response? We saw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a culture to where it was illegal not to worship the golden image. And they went against it. God protected them. Had God not pulled them out, I still feel like God would have protected them. Even if it meant through death, God protected them. He took care of them. What is going to be our response to culture? You realize we are not promised tomorrow. We're not promised the next 10 minutes. We will leave a mark on culture. But my question to you is this. Have we gotten to the point to where we want that one consistency that's in our life? Do we have Jesus Christ as a major part or as the major part of our life? That you've gotten to the point that you've placed your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. Not that we're paying him lip service, but that we've placed our faith, our trust in Jesus Christ for all of eternity. And will culture shift that? I have to say, there have been times in my life that culture has shifted me and then come back to realize what's going on. And it's like, mm, God, this is not where it needs to be. And God has called me back and said, come back this way.
Sometimes he does it with a still small voice. Sometimes he does it with a four by four upside my head. Just to get my attention. But it works. Sometimes because I've let culture dictate what I do and how I do things. But my question for you is this. Today, have you gotten to the point that you have placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ? You've turned your life over to him. To start out from there. Because guys, until we do that, culture is going to push us. It's going to shift us. It's going to change us. And we've got to get to the point to where we trust him. What's going to be your response? King, we don't have to give you an answer. We don't have to fall down and worship the idol. What's your response? Folks, as we leave here today, you realize we will be bombarded by media, radio, TV. If you're on the internet, through all kinds of ads that pop up. From culture to push you to change you. Some of it is not going to be a problem. Some of it goes against exactly what God says. What is going to be your response? What's going to be your response as you walk out of here? Even before you leave this building, folks are going to grab their phones as they walk out. They may be checking Facebook, checking email. What is culture going to do? But ultimately, what does Jesus want to do? You realize that we have an impact on culture, but it's through Jesus. I would invite you that if you have never been to the point of asking Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, placing your faith and trust in Him, that today be the day that you do that. Here in a bit, the band's going to come back up and sing. Lash and I will be down here front. If you have questions, please ask. Please ask. Don't leave here unsure. You may be at a point that you're saying, you know what? I've already done that, but I've let culture shift me into some directions that goes against what God has said to do. Maybe you need to do business with God right there where you're sitting. Maybe you need to do it up here. But I would beg you, take care of it before you leave this room. Not that this room is special, but this is a perfect time to deal with whatever God has put on your heart to take care of. We see some guys that that culture changed. They stood firm. Culture is going to change. Will you stand firm? Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for loving us. God, I thank you that you have used Scripture in so many ways to show us who you are, how much you love us, and how much you want to take care of us. But, Father, also what you have planned for us. God, as we come to this time, pray that you just move in hearts as only you can. Father, I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for him dying on that cross for us. But God, I also thank you that after he was buried in that tomb, that tomb is empty. That he overcame death, hell, and the grave. Father, we look forward to the hope and the future that you have for us through Jesus Christ. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.